Welcome back, Red Spotters, and they're the Red Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host today, Alexis J. Soto, joined by my very good friend, Mr. David Francisco, once again filling in for our mainstay, Peter Martinez, who has been away uh, from the podcast for some weeks now, but it's okay. We don't really miss him at all, do we? I think we're doing just fine because we have a conversation that seemingly continues to uh, sustain itself. Uh, because of the news of the week. And very much as, you know, we were discussing in the last installment where, you know, I was with David, that it would be a precursor to what we're doing today, basically. And so we are discussing all of the latest announcements that came out of Disney a few days ago. Feels like a week ago at this point, but they had a lot of announcement based on what they have planned from entertainment, films, and television shows coming to theaters and Disney Plus alike. Mostly a big day for what's coming to Disney Plus. And where other areas perhaps the conversation could lead us so that's right we're doing a deep dive into star wars and marvel and pixar and disney and the whole lot here on episode 283 now i also want to you know make people aware of the fact that there has been another podcast the fantasy fair podcast or sister podcast on this red spotlight network of which i'm a part of with kyle lira and alexis moreno and i also would encourage you all to go listen to our thoughts there to get uh you know their thoughts because alexis and kyle aren't here and so we're here with David, and mostly we're going to be talking about how he feels about all of this stuff and see how it differs or not. I will, of course, be treating um, this as if people hadn't listened to the Fantasy Fair podcast, so that's fine. So I can go ahead and reiterate um, my opinions. I have, I, I'm not sure if I ever got to fully unveil my supposed uh, list that I broke down between the categories and so this will be the chance that i'll be able to do it Mm -hmm. so before we start with this show uh david uh i want to ask you how are you doing and is there anything new that you have been following or slash watching this week that we didn't get to last week well i'm good uh i bought a car (laughs) <laughs> what I that's not what i was expecting you to say at all what the fuck <laughs> I know. you got a car yeah i just thought it'd be funny to like say here <laughs> yeah. okay especially like interesting since it's you probably remember but i never said it here yeah, but yeah. earlier this year <laughs> i got in a car crash uh nothing serious it was you know, it was there was a dent in the car, but it was in the place where if it got fucked up, uh, it's done. <laughs> and so, uh, to get rid of it, and now I bought a new one. How long ago was that? Months, wasn't it? Yeah, I feel like it was in March, but I can't remember. This didn't happen in March. I feel like this happened like what in June. Yeah, right? probably makes sense. But uh, yeah got a new car (laughs) (laughs) 
Wow. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Yeah, that was new with me. But uh, um, what I've been watching, I saw the Muppets movie. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I heard. Uh, I listened to your guys's podcast on Fantasy Fair uh, on the Muppets, and I was like, "All right, fuck it, <laughs> I'll listen to it." I mean, I watch it, and I I really loved it. Like, wow, yeah, like, good. You, know, you guys were really hyping up the beginning of it with the what? What is it? The Rainbow Song, uh, right? The Rainbow Connection, Rainbow Connection, and uh, like, and then the scene came up, and I was like, whoa, <laughs> like it really is like, like mm-hmm. that scene specifically. It it really is as as amazing as we're describing it, and. You know, there was, yeah, the it, the whole adventure thing was just super funny. I laughed a lot. Um, I feel like some jokes probably went over my head a bit, but I don't know. <laughs> some of the jokes, I am sure, are dated. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so that there, it, it is a movie that came out in 1979. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, thank you for plugging Muppet Month that we've been doing on Fantasy Fair uh, with that obviously those installments that you listen to are currently available and at some point we're going to be able to record i think this week we're going to be able to record uh, the final installment which will feature the the new movies that i've been talking about but no i mean they are so much fun those movies Mm -hmm. they really are um and they never really fail to lift my spirits Mm -hmm. they're so so good yeah and so i'm happy that you enjoyed it and i hope that maybe this means you'll go and uh go on this journey and watch (laughs) the other ones that we've been talking about um which you know the the great muppet caper muppets take manhattan although take manhattan isn't on disney plus you have to find your way to watch that one which why that isn't on disney plus is annoying Mm -hmm. um but yeah yeah i on the other hand have been Ooh, let me see if i can recall uh i have been inundated with online shopping (laughs) (laughs) i thought it was bad earlier in the year i really thought that was the worst it was gonna get Mm -hmm. well here we are it's the holiday season and i have completely lost track of how much money i have spent um, in just the last, I want to say three to four weeks on gifts for people. Mm. Admittedly, as I mentioned to Alexis a few episodes back, a lot of the stuff ended up being like, oh, I can get this for myself. I mean, cause you feel like, all right, so you're buying things for other people, but then you stumble across things like, well, you know what? I'm already spending this money anyway. Might as well just get it for me. Cause you know, you gotta give yourself a couple of things every now and then. Treat um, yourself. <laughs> exactly treat yourself 2020 <laughs> um and thank god we're ending the year oh boy i can't wait to leave this year behind in the dust because it's just been the constant i just received some disappointing news earlier today that wasn't um oh god it, i'll tell you later it's just it's not something to be said on air but mm-hmm. it was um not fun because it may affect our plans our that we were hoping to have for the end of the year and yeah, it's it's not all that fun. But no, I mean I I've, I've uh like I've even gotten to the point where I have purchased not one but multiple gifts for almost every person. 
Dang. <laughs> because I'm like, I don't know. Because I think it mostly has to do with the fact that the stuff that I find is like so nice. Mm-hmm. And I think I have an addiction. I think that may also be um, part. I don't know. I There's something about like picking up my phone, going on eBay, and then just looking for shit to buy. <laughs> <laughs> As you know, we've all kind of gotten a little bit of that bug earlier this year because of the pandemic. So I'm sure you can understand the just how how much of a habit that becomes. Um, but yeah. And then as like far as content is concerned, um, I have actually. You know, it's interesting. I'm in a weird place right now because there are movies, new movies that I want to see that are currently available at the moment, but I'm also, I'm just waiting on hold because look, I, at this point, we are in the 14th of December uh, as of the date of this recording. When this goes up, it'll be the week of, well, the week before Christmas, I feel, or I don't know. Forget I say to that. I don't know when this will go up on a Sunday. I feel, but the point is, we're already halfway through the month, halfway through December of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, as I mentioned earlier before, Peter has been away, and I cannot tell you how frustrating that has been. Now I don't say this to put you down or Alexis or Kyle mm-hmm. because I am obviously so thankful and grateful that all of you have made time to be part of you know to fill in for him. But he's been gone for a multitude of reasons. And it's the reason why it's frustrating is because the reasons for why he's not here are beyond legitimate and understandable. Mm-hmm. But it also could not have come at a more frustrating point because there were, we were right in the middle of Guillermo del Toro month. Yeah. And now it's Guillermo del Toro season, I guess, because I don't know. I'm being honest with you right now. I don't know when we're going to be able to finish it. Based on, you know, some of the news that I've just received. Um, and because of that, and I want to keep those movies fresh in my mind, I've, I just kind of want to like, um, I want to not get too far ahead because there are other things that we had planned to not only watch, but then also review. I had mentioned earlier this month Mank, the new David Fincher movie, is on Netflix. This week, actually, by the time this podcast is uploaded, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which features the final performance of Jadwick Boseman, will be on Netflix as well. Mm-hmm. And Peter did watch Boy State. So like, there are a lot of movies already in the docket that we, at this point, I would have expected to get to. Because, of course, like we also have the one-two punch, literally at the end of the month, with Wonder Woman 1984 and Soul. And it's also a little bit aggravating because, you know, I, I like the podcast to be as up to date as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that comes after, of course, being as consistent as possible. And that is having at least one show out every week. Now, if I'm not mistaken, I think we've only had one or two weeks out of the entire calendar year this year that we've missed. So, so far, I think we're doing really good on that mm-hmm. part, on that department. But I guess it's like, there, I want to see these movies, but then I have to like hold myself back because I also like, I want to talk about the Del Toro movies, but I don't want to forget those with a whole bunch of other movies that I have to see for other shows. So it's like, 
it's kind of like a waiting game almost for me. Because mm-hmm. like, I like to watch the movies that we're going to talk about relatively um, in the same time period as we're going to record because then I'll have it fresh in my mind. Mm-hmm. And then with the more movies you watch, then some of the details may not be as fresh by the time we get to it. And I, I, at this point, I, I'm finding myself in a predicament as to what to do for the final um broadcasts for 2020 mm-hmm. i i think i'm thinking at this point i don't know I, I need to discuss uh with all of you to see if it's even possible to get everyone back together for one final show because um and why and this happens every december this isn't anything new <laughs> it really isn't i mean de- december is honestly from for me i think you might make your most appearances on any given month of the year in december david because no one else ever seems to be available because of work schedules I mean, and and you have your own work schedules of course it just so happens that you know this year um there have been more complications because of the pandemic so um that's the long about way of saying that i have stayed off not watching those movies that are readily available to me although of course uh 84 and soul are going to be movies that we're going to be watching because christmas day and there's not much else to do on christmas day Mm -hmm. so and those are movies that we we are very much looking forward to uh regardless and so i'm sure fantasy fair podcast is going to help with the workload um with those movies and peter will come back at some point uh i i don't know when that will happen because of um the way things have gone lately and yeah but it's just been so much news is happening too which mm-hmm. i think on you know it's good for us that we get to be talking about it right um although to be quite frank with you if he were on the show tonight i don't know if he'd have a single positive thing to say <laughs> um if, if 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 i'm being honest um and so i guess i'll i'll try and keep people informed of his thoughts and how he feels about it but i'm sure if you know peter martinez you'll know exactly how he feels about um <laughs> just about all of this as it were um so what have i been watching well i've actually gone back and watched some movies that i hadn't gone i haven't revisited in quite some time um and that kind of was uh spurred on by a conversation i had in the last podcast with kyle about um what his favorite movie of the decade was right so this is how it this this came about we were talking about how much um, we liked the episodes that we did earlier this year talking about like our favorite movies of the decade and how we did that show. We did it into two parts. On this feed, if you want to go listen to those, it's really actually really good show. Some of mm-hmm. our best work, I feel. And what we did is we picked one or two movies, or in Kyle's case, seven, <laughs> of of every calendar year for the 2010 decade, right? From 2010 to 2019. But what occurred to me through uh, watching an old podcast, uh, video podcast from last year, was that at no point did we ever ask the question of anybody what the number one definitive movie was your favorite of the entire 2010 decade. And so I asked Kyle in that moment, 
and I won't. I'll, I'll tell you how it went now because there's no way you could have listened to it at this point. It's not even up on there at the time of this recording. Mm-hmm. And he had, of course, it's a tough question for people like us who watch so many movies and who also in turn love so many movies. But the ones that he sent to me, um, he was he had three contenders. Uh, Ridley Scott's The Martian movie from 2015, mm. uh, Edgar Wright's Scott Pilgrim vs. the World from 2010. <laughs> uh, some of these are going to be like, well, of course, right? Um, and the other one was Ryan Johnson's Knives Out from 2019. Those are the movies. Um, I was surprised Guardians of the Galaxy wouldn't have been one of those movies he was uh, considering, mm-hmm. you know, how he likes to talk about that every single time they make an entrance in any movie, he cries. So you'd think that that would be, I don't know, a bit more meaningful in there. And I have one, um, and I'll let you know about that. But what do you make of all of that? Do you, when when you think about that question, what does your mind go to? Do you have one like off the bat, or like mm. is this something you just have to take some time to think about? I definitely have to take some time. Um, actually, I have my <laughs> notebook where I wrote down my top ten of the decade. Um, let's see if I can find it real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, we we keep a lot of these lists around. Um, and I asked this question to Peter, um, and this is what he told me that. Uh, hell no that would fucking kill me is what he said to when i asked the question (laughs) and then i said to him well look you already have we we theoretically we've already made lists you know Mm -hmm. narrowing down certain movies you know by years so you could theoretically use that small list to pick a movie out of there from because odds are those were your favorite movies of the year and then he said something along the lines of um that doesn't work i'd have to start i'd have to start (laughs) from scratch is what he said oh my god uh actually hmm. i think i have it i don't know it's weird because like i'm looking at the other movies and I'm like, oh, these are really good too. <laughs> but I've always yeah. said Creed is like my top movies ever. And so I don't know. <laughs> Dang, that's really hard, honestly. Yeah, it's it's a difficult question, I'm sure, for <laughs> most people. And considering every time I've asked a question, it's caused uh, people to almost self-implode. It's just like looking at all these movies and you think, I love all these movies. How could I possibly pick one? Mm-hmm. And then you're talking about 10 years worth of movies, right? So, yeah. Is any any one of them looking interesting to you? I'm honestly stuck between Creed and... How to Train Your Dragon. <laughs> really? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I, I love how we all have such different like movies that come to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter didn't give me any at all. Yeah. He, didn't, he didn't give me much of anything. Um, but what I actually surprised myself, though, is it didn't take me, I think, at, it didn't take me a full 60 seconds to realize which one it was. 
um, the more I like, it just like quickly came to me, of course, what was the one and the thing that, you know, it's an obvious choice, but it's not the most obvious one I feel. Although when I say it, it may in retrospect appear as the most obvious choice, but it wasn't any of the movies that I selected as the number one movie of the year Mm. for uh, the list that I made for the top uh, 10 of the decade. It was an honorable mention, but it actually wasn't the number one of the year. Um, and so the movie that I went with um, was Cap 2, The Winter Soldier. Mm. That's the one that I went with because it it's the movie that to me has not only stuck the most with me, but has kind of been the centerpiece for... Um, my love for movies in a bit. Mm. Like to me, one of my, to this day, most memorable experiences was watching that movie and then also experiencing it. You know, I think it was one of my first memories of watching a movie with moderately average expectations and then just being blown away and being just in awe of it. And I know that, I mean, so many things have come of that. It, it it made such an impression on me. It's been such influential to me as a person. And it also has been one of those movies where I watch again and again every year. And it's a brand new experience again. It's actually, to me, improved with age. It has not gotten close to getting old. And it also is a bit of a personal note because, as I've mentioned, and maybe the reason why I love this movie so much is because the character arc that Steve Rogers is going through in that movie very much resembled, you know, that little bit of an identity crisis that what he's going with is what I felt like, not only at that particular moment when that movie came out back in 2014, which is crazy to think how long ago that year actually was, but it's continued to, you know, I've continued to find new meaning um, in that movie, I think it's it honestly to to me is it's the best MCU film, um, because of its strong character work, and I think that that's that's the movie I go back to and think you know what, I love so many movies from the two thousand tens. I love The Last Jedi, I love La La Land, I love Lincoln. There's so many other beautiful movies. I love Lincoln. Yeah, no, it's just, uh, they're all. Else. I know the way. They're all what? They're all, all... They all start have like the letter L in it, and I was just like, "Oh, well, last Jedi. do they?" La La Land, Lincoln. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You're you're right. I, <laughs> by all means, um, all those movies I are some of my favorite experiences. But if I but I feel like I know myself so well, and how much the movie has meant to me, that I didn't even take a full minute to realize. No, of course it that one, the most influential movie to me of the entire decade was that film hmm. cap the winter soldier and yeah and it, that that review that we did for winter soldier was in essence the real beginning of what we do now on red spotlight that's where we found our voice that's where we found our stride it's like this is what we love to talk about and so we're going to explore this even further and then when you think about that 
that continual desire to talk about movies is what led ultimately all of us to become friends. At that point, I had not been friendly with Alexis or Peter. They came the next year because of the insistence to keep doing, you know, the Barely News Crew videos and then the Red Spotlight channel. And I mean, also saving my favorite TV show of all time didn't hurt it, of course, (laughs) Um, you know, with, you know, tying into that whole situation. So, no, I I think it was very appropriate that that was the one um, that's like my favorite movie of the decade. But yeah, if you were to guess, do you think you had any idea what Alexis would say? If she'd asked the question, if she would ask this question about like what her favorite of the decade was. Oh, I really don't know. <laughs> mm. No, I mean, I'm trying no. to like, <laughs> think of a movie that like she kind of like keeps watching today, but I don't know. Um. Tangled? I was thinking Princess and the Frog. That's 2009, though. Oh, that doesn't necessarily count. Okay, okay, I missed it then. Um, Then maybe Tangled. Yeah. Maybe La La Land. Maybe. Maybe. Well, because I thought of Princess and the Frog and Tangled because those are the ones that she for sure, like, watches. She watches a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, oof. It's yeah. interesting, right? And I, I, I'm also just, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, and maybe you can help me understand. Why did we not think of this question when we were doing the decade shows? <laughs> I don't know. I think it was just. I do mean, just to be fair, it was already hard enough to like come up with one <laughs> yeah. movie a year. Like even on the paper, like I, I completely forgot. I didn't write down anything for 2016 because that's how hard it was. <laughs> oh like, wow! Yeah. <laughs> Like, I'm pretty sure I came up with an answer in the podcast, but, like, mm-hmm. I I still don't know. And then I, I even wrote right here for 2014. It's I chose Nightcrawler, but right next to it, I put, this, like, this was the hardest choice to make. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Nightcrawler is so good, but I, I was actually, we were talking about, I don't know, the movie came up, I think, and, and with Kyle in the last podcast, and I told him, have you seen Nightcrawler? And he said, no. Watch that movie. Oh. It's so good. It's so good. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about Riz Ahmed, and that was the movie that kind of put his career on the map. Because um, Riz Ahmed is actually, you know Riz Ahmed, right? He's the actor that plays Bodhi in Rogue One, the pilot. Okay, okay, okay. And, and then Nightcrawler, he plays, I think, um, Jake Gyllenhaal's like... Assistant or something. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. And he's also in the new movie Sound of Metal on Amazon Prime, which is um, getting great reviews. Oh, okay. I'll probably... So... I'll probably check it out. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, no, no, I actually re- recommended that movie to a coworker of mine, and he was just like, "Dude, if you got any more movies like that, like, tell me about it." <laughs> yeah, it was a great decade in movies. Honestly, mm-hmm. there was littered was like for all the bitching and all of the uh, negativity that you know emerged out of that decade. You know, in other avenues of life. Um. I don't know. I thought it was a pretty amazing fucking decade in movies. Mm. I literally heard someone say, I think it might have been last year, maybe this year. Someone said, I haven't enjoyed a single movie in the past 10 years. 
You haven't enjoyed? No, I heard someone say that like on a YouTube video. Like I was watching some YouTubers. Uh-huh. And one guy said that he hasn't enjoyed a single movie in the past 10 years. And I was like, the fuck do you mean? <laughs> do you like movies? He likes me. Yeah, he does. And like the ones he, he always goes back to is Terminator 2. Uh, so the original Star Wars trilogy and all that. And it's like, dude... <laughs> I got a list for you right here. <laughs> if you haven't enjoyed a movie in the last 10 years, I'm sorry. That just, it signals to me that you don't really watch that many movies then. Mm-hmm. You did. I just. Yeah. I have, I can, yeah, I, I, I don't. <laughs> all right. All right. But there's really all kinds of movies. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of movies. Like for example, um, so I mentioned that I was rewatching certain movies. Um, the different kinds of flavors, right? So I was watching, uh, rewatching Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, because mm. um, you know I, I want to. I'm think I'm I'm thinking of uh, doing a reevaluation of 2017 because that was such an amazing year in general for movies. And so with Three Billboards, um, you watch that movie alone just for the incredible work that Francis McDormand and um. Oh my goodness! What's his name? Sam Rockwell doing that movie? Uh, Sam Rock Sam Rockwell is that character that you really fucking hate, and then finds some kind of a heart um, toward the movie. It's actually beautiful, and to me, I think the 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 funniest thing about it was Francis McDormand has so many scenes in that movie. You've seen the movie, right? Yes. Yeah, she has so many scenes in that movie where she literally destroys people <laughs> i mean honestly just there's a scene where she kicks a dentist's ass by drilling a hole in his finger she she practically kicks a priest out of her house and calls him a pedophile <laughs> because he is part of the church while a, a newswoman who interviewed her is basically turning the tables around on the billboards doing a live standby and she drives by and calls her a fucking bitch um, live on camera. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the entertainment value um, comes mostly from that. It, mm-hmm. And uh, it's, you know, upon reevaluation, it is a strange movie because it is dealing with such heavy, dark mm-hmm. topics. And yet in almost every instance, there's a moment of just complete humor. Like there's a moment where like um, the you know the deadbeat ex-husband is about to beat the crap out of Francis McDormand, and then the son played by Lucas Hedges has a knife up to his throat to help her, and then the new wife or the new girlfriend gets out of the bath, walks into the house and asks, "Oh, is this a bad time?" <laughs> and they just look. <laughs> so it's it's an interesting play on you know the the tone is unique to mm-hmm. it, and um, I'm sure for some people. That may that may play like well you're really just like undercutting like the moment here but I don't know it, it, it's a very unique movie mm-hmm. uh, with it and the other one that I recently rewatched uh, Logan mm. first time I watched I rewatched Logan since it came out that year honestly I, I wanted to do that one because you know everyone talks so they talk about that movie like it's like the best thing ever made and I loved the movie yeah, when same. it came out in theaters it was it's fucking great. But I guess to me, what I wanted to go back and, and look at it was like, okay, I don't think I formally included that movie in my top 10. 
of that year. Mm. And so I wanted to go back and say, okay, did, did I miss something? Because I, I love the movie, but maybe I just love 10 movies more than I... Because I, that technically could be the case, and maybe that's why I assumed at that point. Um, so I rewatched it, and uh, it is every great... Every bit is... Uh, great as I remember it being. It's so nice, I think, to like go back to a movie and like, oh no, I was right. This is great. Yeah, this, mm-hmm. this, this is exactly great. And I actually have a newfound appreciation for it, um, especially since I re-watch- I, I, I watched the movie again. Um, there was some amazing scenes. I was moved um, more so than I was the first time when um, Logan is, you know, he buried Charles and he's trying to like say a eulogy. And he's like, the, the only lines he says is at least there's water because he buries him near a lake. At least there's water and the performance all in his face. It, it, honestly, it is a fucking great movie mm-hmm. in every sense. And it, honestly, I want it because I had also never seen the noir version of it. Have you? No, I haven't. That's why I asked about it earlier. So I, I wanted to see it and it is, oh my God, you need to, dude, you need to see it in noir. The way the version that I saw it is, so I did a two in one. I, I wanted to see the noir version, but I also wanted to hear the director James Mangold's commentary on the movie, um, which was actually pretty insightful into how they made the film um, and how like Fox literally gave free reign for him to do whatever he wanted as soon as the movie got the R rating, so they wouldn't have to like cater this to younger audiences. And you, as as you've seen the movie, obviously mm-hmm. you know that. They went all out yeah. <laughs> for that. So if you love this movie, I definitely recommend um, the noir version and the and the audio commentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to take a listen to those, they're very, very good. Oh, that's cool. The pictures are beautiful too. I mean, in black and white. It just reminds me of like, remember the noir Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode we yeah. had earlier this year? It just made everything look better. It, like, it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Logan's great, guys. Um <laughs> Go watch it or watch it again. Um, so yeah, that's what I've been doing this week. No, that's, that's what cool. I've been watching this week. Mm. <sighs> I don't think Shall I've done. We get started with this, or oh. do you have something else to say? No, I was gonna say I don't think I've done anything else. It's just Muppets, really, since last time. Muppets and Cars. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, um, I'm not done with it yet, but I'm watching Paddington Two. <laughs> oh okay yeah uh, i've never seen those movies i should see those movies oh my hear God. such great things about them they really are it's just it's super funny and charming and all that and you'll love paddington himself like he's adorable mm-hmm. yeah you have a you you'll smile in the end <laughs> of these movies it's great i remember watching not watching the movie obviously but i remember like there was this theater no, I remember at the time that Paddington 2 was in theaters, there were so many other movies <laughs> that I was watching around it. So I remember this theater in San Diego um, that I frequented uh, that they were showing a lot of these like um, movies that wasn't an AMC. It wasn't an Arclight. I don't, it was some other, I think, smaller theater chain. It, it's probably closed by now, um, considering how things have gone. But that we I saw... I saw Phantom Thread in that theater. I saw The Post. I mm-hmm. saw The Shape of Water. I want to say there was another one that I saw, but I don't recall. Maybe it was... No, I don't think it was that one. Um, but yeah, Paddington 2 was 
all around it and mm. <laughs> kept like, oh yeah, that's a movie that's there and people are talking about it, but. No, no, I, I, I didn't really think much about it when it first came out, but then like every single person that I, I listen to on the podcast or on YouTube, even people who like don't usually review movies, uh-huh. like they saw it and were like, this is my favorite movie of the year. And I was like, whoa, wow. <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool, honestly. And just the way they explained it, like I said, like it was charming. It's funny. It's very adorable film. And so I just, and then I finally saw the first one. I don't know when after that, but I loved it. And now I'm watching the second one. <laughs> wow. Well, maybe I'll watch them too. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll watch them too. So Disney plus and Disney. Yes. Um, I'm, I, I want to, I'm interested to see what the appropriate place to start with. This is, um, I have here a list of a lot of the things that caught my attention. Mm-hmm. And I had them separated into, let's see here, one, two, three, four, four different categories. Um, so I have uh, a list of Disney Plus stuff I'm excited about. I have a list of items that I'm intrigued, you know, interested. I have stuff that's all right, you know. Okay, I'm mm-hmm. not necessarily like excited about it or looking forward to it or interested, but like, sure, I guess I'll take it. And then there's uh, stuff I don't care about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think those are the ones that I have. Um, so it, I'll, I'll I'll unveil the list uh, at some point during this to like to have like the list of um, all the things that caught my attention. But I want to go ahead and get you um, to start off with this and just, like, tell me what you want to say about this. About the whole thing? Yeah, sure. Mm. Oh, did you have a place you wanted to go? go, Did you want to go one by one on the the properties and the brands? Or how did you want to do this? Mm, Well, I'm guessing I think I know what, like, your least uh, things that you didn't care about were some of the live action stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh... What was that on your list? Let's just start there. Okay. <laughs> well, it's it's actually a range of things that I didn't care about. Mm. Um, so I have here the Mighty Ducks reboot. I never really cared for the Mighty Ducks. Never. I never watched the Mighty Ducks, so I don't care. Yeah, same. <laughs> at all. So uh, Three Men and a Baby. Don't. Who gives a flying fuck about that? Sure. Uh, the <laughs> Disney Plus movie. Um. This may be controversial, although if you know me, I, I don't care. Pinocchio, um, whatever. I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to the Del Toro Pinocchio movie coming out next year on Netflix. That'd be cool. So, and honestly, my own disappointment though, uh, Peter, or not Peter, Kyle, fan casted Geppetto with Peter Capaldi, and I was like, yes. And so when I found out it's Tom <laughs> Hanks, I love that guy, but. I'm sorry, no. Peter Capaldi would be so much better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Damn it, Kyle, you did it again. <laughs> God. Um, Cruella. I know Alexa said that that looked cool. It just seems ugly. I don't know. I I don't. I I have no expectations for that to be any good. I love Emma Stone. It it could be, but it it it, it seems to me like it's gonna be like. Um, Alice in Wonderland meets Maleficent 
but worse. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about that either. I mean, Maleficent surprised me. I, I'm one of the only one, or one of the few Which that... Which one? It, the, both movies? Uh, The first one. The first live the first, action. Okay. Like that one, it, it did surprise me. Like I really did enjoy it. It was cool. Okay. And all that. So I'm hoping this one would do the same. But again, it's just like whenever you make a movie with like the villain being the main character, uh, I, I mean, you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, Peter Pan and Wendy. How many Peter Pan movies do we have to have? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Before like people get fed up. I know a lot of the live action Peter Pan movies haven't like been at all Disney. And so I guess from some perspective this might be interesting, but like I don't know. Um I'll just go watch Hook. Hook's not a perfect movie. I don't think it's a great movie. But if you want a live action Peter Pan, I think that was the way to go. I don't know. I mean, just I'm kind of over this. I mean, also just watch what is it? Was it Universal? You know the one that my sister like really, really loves. Yeah, I know which one. I think it, it is Universal. Mm-hmm. That one's that one's fine too. The music mm-hmm. is great. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. So just I don't know. Watch that. <laughs> I was so upset when I learned that um, at one point the Steven Spielberg Hook movie was mm-hmm. supposed to be a musical. I really would have liked to have seen what that would have turned out. That would be cool. Like, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um the uh Barry Jenkins Lion King sequel with Mufasa basically being the godfather. Uh you know, we, half the movie is young Mufasa or some shit like that. Hmm. They had made that announcement previously and we had talked about it previously. But I just don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't care. My, the same thing goes with... Yeah, go ahead. I mean, I he could make a good story out of it. Who knows? I mean, I don't think he's disappointed people before. That's true. My only hope is that he takes the complaints some people had and actually puts some emotion into the lions, <laughs> into mm-hmm. the animals. I like at least do that show something in the trailer like that and I think he'll catch my attention <laughs> well yeah like I said uh, if he puts some, emo- some emotion into the lion um, into the animals uh, then he'll probably get my attention <laughs> what about uh, and again we're going off on my list of things I don't care about um, mm-hmm. the Beauty and the Beast prequel that's a horrible idea honestly like <laughs> I mean, I, look, uh, what whatever the actors' names are, uh, the Gaston and LeFou, they were the best thing about the movie and all. But again, when you make you when you make the main character the a villain, I mean, you make when you make your villain the main character, like you got some things to work around. You got like a mess, and especially. When the villain is misogynistic, like you know, with Maleficent, you know they could they worked around an excuse as to why she's evil. Good luck <laughs> trying to make something uh, out of him of an excuse for him, you know. It especially doesn't help when that one part in the movie, 
Lefou was trying to get to, get into his happy place, and Gaston's like, "What was it? Dead kittens, dead babies, or something like that." Like that was a line that he actually said. <laughs> yeah, I think you made a stupid idea sound far more brain dead with what you just said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's stupid. Yeah. Um, this was the only announcement made off this one was the official confirmation of the cast for the little mermaid. Uh, I think the cast is great. Yes. What, what is it? I think the music is going to be great with Lin-Manuel Miranda. Uh, I just don't. I guess I'm at the point where, like, I I look at how the other live action movies have turned out. I've liked none of them. This is like my favorite Disney Renaissance movie, as is Alexis's. I just don't want to have any kind of hope for this movie mm-hmm. to be any good, because if we're being honest, most of them haven't. No, yeah, I agree. Um, honestly, the only thing I'm excited about is David Diggs as Sebastian. Like, yeah, honestly, yeah. that's pretty perfect fucking casting right there. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely, it is. Um, uh, but, what do you make of Indiana Jones Five? Um, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I mean. I didn't hate the last one like everyone else, but, you know, I don't know what else you can do with that movie, (laughs) with that franchise, really. Yeah, they were teasing it as like the the final Indiana Jones movie, but like, wait, wasn't that what the last two movies were? So like Mm -hmm. what, what, I guess the thing is like, what story is there left to tell at this point? You know, with Mm -hmm. like Harrison Ford being like almost 80, (laughs) It's that's the thing I'm worried about. You know? It's like he's 80 years old. Like, what else can he do? Yeah, yeah. But we mentioned Logan earlier in the podcast, and James Mangold, who directed Logan as well as other movies like Walk the Line and Ford v Ferrari, he's directing Indiana Jones Five. Okay. And so you have a. You have a director with a pretty great track record, so mm-hmm. you can't discount it altogether. Even though it seems as if um, the Indiana Jones Five—I don't know—if it feels like this, it, it's almost ten years too late for this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, what? What the fuck took them so long? Honestly, mm. they purchased Lucasfilm in two thousand twelve. Weren't there like a bunch of delays in the beginning? I don't remember. Or was it just they were just taking forever to like make up story? They didn't fit. They never. I think the the. I want to say that Indiana Jones Five wasn't officially confirmed. Uh, I think it was either a D twenty three two thousand fifteen. I think it was 
2015 when they when they announced it at D23. If not, then maybe 2017. But I'm pretty mm. sure it's 2015 when they announced it. So it's been five years since then. And at, when they announced it, Steven Spielberg was supposed to direct, and he's no longer doing that. Mm. Um, I don't necessarily understand the reasons why that's not the case. But I guess we'll find out sooner or later. All right. <laughs> Uh, Willow. Never seen it. What is this? Never seen it? I don't care. All yeah, right. Okay. Sister Act 3. Never seen it. With Whoopi Goldberg. Never seen the first two. Don't care. I doubt much people care either. A remake of the Tom Hanks movie, Turner and Hooch. Yeah, was it? What was it? Josh Peck casted for that role? I Josh Gad? No, no, no. the guy from Drake and Josh, know. the Nickelodeon show. Josh I, Peck. I, I, I know no, I heard I, I that don't. like a long time ago, but again, it's been a long time now, so Yeah. No, I don't remember. But I don't <laughs> care either way. So um this one I don't care because I feel like We've already, I think we we've already gone anywhere we can go with with this franchise. Although I'm not opposed, I guess, to the idea necessarily because from a streaming content perspective. But I also just don't care about the show. Cars, we're going back to cars. What are they making? What is it? Cars TV series. Mater and Lightning McQueen go on, oh. I guess, a road trip across the country. I think or world or something like that. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, in terms of characters, yeah, I don't really know what they can do with it. But, you know, I mean, Mater, I like Mater. He's funny. <laughs> I like Mater, too. And I'm sure I'm sure if I catch it, I'll be somewhat entertained or amused by it. I do like cars. But, I mean, I, I just... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hawkeye. Oh, uh, honestly, I'm. What I'm really excited is um Haley Steinfeld being in the show, because like, when you kind of think about it, like the character that she plays in like all of her movies, mm-hmm. I feel like they're almost similar to like Hawkeye and how he is in the movies, <laughs> like really? their style of like comedy, like the way they just deliver it. I feel like they're gonna work mm-hmm. very well together. At least that's my hope. So. That's kind of like the only thing I'm excited about. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I, I, it just doesn't. I don't. Know. I guess we'll see where we when we get closer to it. It'll come out next year. I think they said May ish, or maybe sooner than that. I guess I, I'll see when I see it. Right, but so far everything I know about it, I, I don't know what the story will be. Same thing mm-hmm. goes for Ironheart, whatever the fuck that is. I know these are based on comic, but I don't mm. really care. Yeah, I don't know how um, to much. We need to move beyond Iron Man and whatever 
iteration of Iron this is. We don't need to go back to Iron Man. I, I, we mm-hmm. need to move on beyond that. The same goes for She-Hulk. I know they announced that Mark Ruffalo will be a part of it. I know they announced that Tatiana Maslany, which is a great talent. They also said that um, Tim Roth is going to come back as the Abomination. Cool. Whatever. Um, I don't care about the TV show. <laughs> Hopefully. I mean, there have also been rumors that... Um, you know, we we said last week that Matt Murdock, or I'm sorry, Charlie Cox would come back as Matt Murdock uh, for Spider-Man Three. There's also been rumors that he'll also come; he'll make an appearance in She-Hulk as well. So, hmm. we'll see if that happens. Mm-hmm. <sighs> this one was hilarious. Um, a remake of cheaper by the dozen but this time with black and brown people is what they basically should have just said because they they they, they labeled it a racially inclusive cheaper by the dozen (laughs) is what they said (laughs) i mean honestly i can't remember which one i saw i don't know how many sequels they made for it but i saw one and it was fine. <laughs> so Yeah. We'll see, I guess. Also an Ice Age spin-off series. I feel like that franchise was dead a long time ago. <laughs> like, you can say the same for a lot of these properties, quite frankly, but here we are. That's true. But this one though, like I <laughs> really did not care <laughs> for the sequels. They I, made five <laughs> movies. Five of these movies. How? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Have you looked at the first one at all? Like the first yeah, the one, what, the first movie? Of yeah. The first Ice Age? Yeah. Man, the animation was like, <laughs> it's rough watching it now, <laughs> but <laughs> it's just funny. Yeah, the last one I saw was Ice Age Dawn of the Dinosaurs. Mm, That's I remember it. the trailers I... for that. <laughs> it was funny. Yeah, I, I've lost track. I don't care. Um, Cassie and Andor. Or as it known as Andor, I'm happy for Diego Luna. Don't get me wrong; mm-hmm. I'm happy he's getting work. I, th- you know, but you know, to quote Alexis, he's dead. What else do we need to know? Yeah. And Rangers of the New Republic, which has been, um, which this was labeled as a spinoff of The Mandalorian. This is most certainly going to star, um, what's her face? Gina Carano, um, as Cara Dune. Mm -hmm. And I find that what's so hilarious about this is that, um, every other week fire Gina Carano is trending on Twitter. And so (laughs) what do they do? They give her a fucking show. (laughs) Oh my God. Do you know the whole thing about that? Like how Um, it all started? She was very vocal on Twitter, antagonistic on Twitter, um, pushing back against like why people are including pronouns in their Twitter bios and what it even means. And she was like, and when then when she was told about what it means, she was very like very dismissive of it, um, very antagonistic toward um, the trans community. 
Mm. Um, so she like she she came off in a very bad way. If I'm gonna put be kindly about that, um, being very dismissive and being very antagonistic, and then she also has done other shit like I guess she's also casting doubt on the COVID vaccines and shit like that. So like it's a bunch of dumb fuckery, you know, is what it is, mm. and yeah. She's not, and the thing, it wasn't a one-time thing. The problem with her is that she kept doing it again and again and again, and people are fucking pissed at her. So, yeah, and I, I guess, do you have any thoughts on this range of the New, of the New Republic, what this show is? Like, are, are you interested in this Mandalorian spinoff? I mean, from just my, just from the first word, Rangers, it's gonna be another western, I I'm guessing, and that's bothering me because Mandalorian is supposed to be a western, and they're not really doing a good job at that. Is <laughs> uh, I mean, my only hope for it is that they actually do it right, and that she's in like an, I mean, I know it probably doesn't sound great for a Star Wars show, but like she is stuck into one place. And they do like what I said last week, which is mm-hmm. that, you know, they, you know, she's the whole lone ranger type of thing. But like the people around her are actual real characters and like you care about them and all that. So I don't know. But I mean, again, honestly, all of the Star Wars stuff, it's I'm not <laughs> really happy about that. It seems that uh, the team here is unanimous on that account. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, without question, if you listen to our Fantasy Fair episode, that was the most overwhelmingly negative um, part of the conversation mm-hmm. because it was just so fucking depressing. Yeah. So that's the stuff that... And you know what? I, there are other things that I'm, in the other lists that might fall into the category of... Um, I, I'll put some qualifiers about it because... Uh, and I'm trying to be nice here and everything, but yeah, that's generally the stuff that I don't care about. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's some stuff that's okay. Um, I don't have any history with this, but they announced the Percy Jackson TV series, and I think that has great potential. But because I have like no association with it, I have like no reason to be excited about it. But I can see it being okay. You uh, have some history with the books, don't you? Yes, I am in the trials, second book of the Trials of Apollo. I am like very much invested in this uh, franchise. <laughs> just mm-hmm. just uh, today, um, I got an email from like the Amazon like recommended items, I guess. Oh, really? And it was a Camp Half-Blood. That's a camp where Percy goes to train and all that. Mm. That was like, I got bunch of stuff about camp half blood sweatshirts and shirts and all that and how went. god damn it i want damn. it <laughs> like i'm literally like i screenshotted it to remember it <laughs> so like i'm really like invested in this um honestly they need to freaking kill it in this show because they do it right they got 15 seasons worth of stuff <laughs> Good, hopefully. And then, um, I'm hope I'm hoping it it's a, a big success. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I, uh, from what I heard about the show, though, I think uh, supposedly the pilot script is done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's as far as I know. How far have they gone with production? Um, this one, I'm just realizing now that I put in the category of stuff that's all right. And mm. upon further reflection and reevaluation, I am now making the executive decision to put this in the category of shit I don't care about. Um, <laughs> and that is the Obi-Wan series. I was interested in this show right up until they said, what was it? The showdown of the century or something. I don't know what the fuck they were saying, but uh, him and Darth Vader going up against each other. <laughs> that was the disappointment for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kathy referred to it as the rematch of the century. Okay, Which pretty much said. gave away, <laughs> yeah, it pretty much gave away what this is going to be. And this is exactly everything. I didn't want this to be, and I'm out. Just this is is so infuriating. It is so mm-hmm. fucking infuriating. Like you know, selling uh, Star Wars as a fucking wrestling match. I, it also <laughs> just doesn't. Um, yeah. Why? Can let me ask you. That way, you know, we get your voice in this. Why did that comment make you not care about the show anymore? We already got that <laughs> in uh, New Hope. And the thing, though, is in this part, I mean, who knows where the timeline lands on, but he's old <laughs> in this, like, by that point. And so it's just kind of like, you know, I mean... The actor, yeah, he's probably still, yeah, he can probably do some cool moves and all that, but thinking about it, like, he shouldn't really be doing that much. And then just, I don't know. Yeah, and like you said, like, she, they're promoting this as, like, some wrestling match instead of, like, you know, where I feel like it could be, like, some big mystery going on with this story or just who knows. And honestly, I do they're promoting it this way when maybe why not promote it in oh we're finally going to like understand how the force ghosts work or something or uh we're going to dive deeper into the force or something i don't know just again keep give us some mystery to hold on to or or like to get invested on but yeah (laughs) just give us some fucking story please (laughs) It's not just all about fucking lightsaber action here. I'm like, yeah, it's um, it's fucking annoying. Um, Lando, yeah, that's okay. That's all right. I'm sure that'll be fun. I hear sure. it's gonna in- include Donald Glover, maybe bits and pieces of Billy D, um, like in flashbacks or whatever. So like, that should be fun. Yeah, Donald Glover's still like perfect casting for that. So yeah, I'm sure it's gonna be fun. Yeah. Um. This one I'm very trepidatious about because I I don't know how good or not it'll be, but 
Um, we talked about Fantastic Four getting announced uh, with John Watts. Um, and we both enjoyed Homecoming and Far From Home, so I guess this is a win, right? What do you? Th- how do you feel? No, yeah, it, it, I think it, this is a really big win. Um, Fantastic Four is very much loved franchise in the comics, and I think this is a good, cool thing to do. Uh, to uh, again expand the the cinematic universe and all that, and yeah, the director of it. Um, I trust that guy. <laughs> I feel like he's gonna make something cool. What do you What do you think about? Is I had, you know, I theorized on the fantasy fair that since John Watts had directed the entire Spider-Man movies for him for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that I had theorized that perhaps that means that. Spider-Man 3 is the last official Spider-Man movie in the MCU. And maybe Tom Holland makes a final appearance in Multiverse of Madness and that's it. Um uh, I think that could probably be the end of him not directing those movies anymore. Maybe he could still write it, I don't know or have the same writers working on those. It could be as simple as that. Right. Like John Watts is just moving on to something else and then they can find somebody else to direct the Spider-Man mm-hmm. movies. It could be very much as simple as that. I understand. But I'm just like, I don't know. And I think maybe why not get someone else to get to write a different chapter in Peter Parker's life? Because mm-hmm. he's, he's in high school this time. So why not? Because like, I don't think Marvel's going to stop making Spider-Man movies anytime soon. They should I think they got to like milk it out as much as they can and all that so i think i i think that could be a pretty cool idea get someone else to write a different chapter of peter parker's life when he's in college now and are trying to handle both things that'd be pretty cool and then if not i mean if, and then if it is uh his last movie with uh spider-man 3 uh i what kyle said i wouldn't mind them just uh, moving Miles Morales on. Mm. That'd be fine too. Okay. Uh, what about Acolyte? Acolyte is a Star Wars show, I guess, about the dark side. It was very vague. Mm-hmm. Whatever, I guess. I mean, again, uh, like I said, if I wished it would have gone... Um, I wish the Obi-Wan show would have gone deeper with the Force, so I don't mind a show that maybe goes deeper into the dark side. Especially if you watch Clone Wars, you know, there was some cool fucking shit <laughs> in the dark side. Yeah. So, uh, I've read um, the Book of Sith. Uh, this, like, book all about the dark side and everything. And so, and then, and there was some pretty cool, interesting stuff, some cool bits of history. I hope they use that as a reference <laughs> for the show if they're going to go with the dark side. Yeah, I, this was originally in something I don't care about, but mm-hmm. I actually enjoyed the trailer quite a bit where like, maybe this might not be so bad. Loki. Oh, yes. I have no idea what's going on in that trailer, but it looks great. <laughs> I love the, it looks weird. It looks this. interesting, you know, I'm good for that. Yeah, and it looks like the actor, he looks like he's having fun with this. I mean, he's just going doing crazy stuff all the time. And I, I like the part in the trailer at the end where it's like his crown with the horns. 
and it's not like the giant helmet with the giant horns in the movies. Like, no, they toned it down a bit and everything, and it looks really nice. And it just actually something. does. Yeah. But again, I kind of like that they kept up a little bit of mystery with this show. Like, what the heck is he doing? Just causing chaos in the time, whatever. From what I gathered, anyway, is he gets picked up by some time agency. And I guess they make him an agent. Mm -hmm. Maybe. I don't know. There were some people who were saying... I don't know, maybe you caught a little bit of this, but some people were saying that Natasha was in the trailer. Mm. From the back. Yeah, I've heard that. There was like an image and it looked like Vormir. Like a, it, it had like a purple tint to it and all that. And you, I don't know. I don't know if it was real or fake, but like there was like someone sitting on a, deserted place but it had like a blue purple sky like in Vormir yeah so I don't know um uh, I mean I doubt it though cause she's for sure done <laughs> yeah um they I feel announced a few days ago that and this is actually legitimate wonderful news Jamie Alexander is returning as Lady Sif for Thor Love and Thunder And I do believe they also mentioned that she was going to be appearing in Loki. Mm, That's That's a great character. I'm happy to have her back. It's about fucking time. True, true. Now I remember we watching uh, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. the first couple seasons and she would would come out and I'm like, oh my God, I miss you. (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) And she was so great in the show. And so uh, I'm glad she can come back. Maybe at least give her like a finishing story or something. I don't know. Or if she wants to keep going, you know, that's cool too. No, yeah. Seems like they're bringing back everybody these days. I don't know if we mentioned it last week, but um, I I guess some people are saying that Deadpool might make an appearance in Spider-Man 3. Everyone's making an appearance in Spider-Man 3. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone's making an appearance except the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, yeah, <laughs> there's something there. Uh, Falcon and Winners. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, with Deadpool, do you think he's going to come from a different universe? And like, well, I don't know. I just, I think it'd be funny if like he did come from like the Fox universe and he's just like, okay, I'm staying here since this is the only safe place. <laughs> this is the only place I can go now. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah, that might be pretty <laughs> funny. That might be pretty funny. Um, although I, I will, I will be pretty mad. Like, it seems like Kevin Feige is like, everyone's coming back from any universe ever. Like, uh, Deadpool, um, what's his name? Daredevil. He's bringing back like Lady Sif. He's bringing back the fucking abomination. Like the fucking abominations coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, they brought back, um, Darcy from the Thor movies. She's going to be in WandaVision, I guess. That they announced, like, like a whole bunch of like random people are coming back. All right, um, are we really not going to bring back Clark Gregg or Chloe Bennett uh, ever? Like, is that like going to be the only thing that just does not at all come back in some way? 
Because, I mean, let's uh, face it, that would, that's the likeliest of outcomes to happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's just, it's sad. I mean, I'm glad that, we're both glad that the show got like a true ending and all that, but yeah, it sucks that it just gets put to the side. <laughs> Consistently. And forgotten. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the last four stuff that I, it's all right. Falcon and Winter Soldier. Interesting, right? So I said, I said that, um, my favorite movie of the decade was Captain America, the Winter Soldier. So like, you'd think that I would be beyond ecstatic for this. I think the trailer looked good. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I wonder what this is really going to be all about and everything. But I'm at that stage where, like, I I really I don't really know enough about what the feel of this is going to be to care much about it. But it could be mm-hmm. fun. What do you think? No, yeah, it could be fun. I like Zemo coming back as a villain. Like, there's definitely going to be some tension between him and uh, Winter Soldier. Like, I don't know. Maybe he's trying. Like, maybe Zemo's trying to like bring back that part of him that could still be mind controlled or something. Or, I mean, who knows? And then I like. I like the idea of Falcon, you know, he's trying to like convince everyone in the world that like, no, I'm the new Captain America and all that. And so like, there is some interesting stuff happening in the show. It's just, there's an interesting, there are interesting avenues. They could take this. It's, it's practically there. The problem Mm -hmm. with Marvel in the past, however, is they've been very uh, light on you know that kind of content like they may address it Mm -hmm. but they don't really delve into it all that much you know so here's hoping yeah here's hoping so from that we can move on to stuff that i'm intrigued about and i guess i can also i'll start off with i'll start off with the one that i am Well, I'm looking at this list, and even some of these, I feel like, well, am I really intrigued? Because I kind of know what it is. Um, I'm happy that Patty Jenkins is directing a Star Wars movie. I think she's a wonderful mm-hmm. director. But when they said Rogue Squadron, I was like, fuck me. I mean, again. <laughs> I. <laughs> I know there was the beautiful story of like, I don't know, taking a inspiration from her late father's, you know, time as a pilot and whatever, but like an, a Star Wars movie about like X-Wing fighters, like, is that really all that interesting to me? Is it like, it just feels like, yeah, go ahead. More Rebels. You should read, you should read or listen to Star Wars Lost Stars. Those I've heard of, so to... much about that novel. I've heard so much about that mm-hmm. one in particular. Yeah, so the two main characters are pilots okay. during the war. And it's actually really interesting because, you know, they they have this great connection, being pilots, like flying together and all that. And then when they go into battle, like, you know, the way they kind of... Um, talk about what they do and everything how the whole battle feels and and all that and then it's it was some really interesting stuff so hopefully i don't know who knows maybe she could get some inspiration from the book put it in her movie 
Um, and then we'll see. Uh huh. I don't know. I'm sure so, it'll be wonderfully yeah. directed. I just it's. It, oh, yeah, for sure. It, it just adds on to like the overall direction of uh, the universe feeling smaller and smaller, like. The, every everything Star Wars seemingly has to have connections to the other thing. Like you're, all, I'm almost half expecting them to announce Hera Syndulla is going to be in the movie, which I guess I'm not necessarily all that opposed to because I love that character. But I also would just be annoyed because like, can't we just have anything that's like original? And so like, I'm watching headlines, especially at a day that are coming out, like for like them confirming that Rogue Squadron the movie is not based on the video game. Um, and it's sad to me that that's like news. It's sad that like, oh, wow, we get something in Star Wars that's not based off anything. And it's such a shock to us that we have to, you know, make a headline story out of it to sell the point home. Because of, I'm sure, of course, most fans would want it from, you know, based off the video game. Star Wars Visions is interesting, right? So like, I'm interested in it purely for the animation style alone, for the anime animation style for star wars but i'm not entirely certain about what it, so is this is this basically just re, a retelling of stories we've already seen but an anime or are these brand new stories because i'm not clear on that oh i don't know i really hope they're new stuff i don't <laughs> i don't need a retelling i don't yeah. need a retelling <laughs> yeah and they they i mean they kind of already did that uh there's like some short animated clips i've heard i've seen some of those yeah yeah so i don't know why they would do that again just change the changing the style like that's not really (laughs) that's not really a good idea that's not really new at all (laughs) so i'm hoping they're like just new stories yeah because if it's not then this goes into the pile of like i don't care yeah which if we're being real it, it probably will be a retelling Mm-hmm. And these are just like short stories, right? Like each episode is just one short story. I'm going and to th- assume that's what it is. Okay. Because uh, I mean, what I wouldn't mind is getting some details about other characters. So like you go back to the Clone Wars, you know, maybe there's some few Jedis that maybe we can hear more about. I don't know. Like, I think that's a better way. That's a better thing to do uh, than to have like an entire series dedicated <laughs> to a character it says know. here um i'm reading it from ign that um let's see here visions will be a series of short films that celebrate the star wars galaxy through the lens of anime creators it'll be 10 episodes uh, or 10 visions star wars visions an original series of animated short films blah 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 just re- reiterates um It does not say one way or the other in the article, so I mm. guess we'll figure it out. But yeah, that that's a that's a big thing that hinges on all of it. I really liked all of the trailers that have come out of Wandavision, and I really hope mm-hmm. it's good. I really hope it's as good as those trailers make it out to be because I'm actually um, interested in this show. What do you think? No, yeah, I've been really interested in the show from the beginning. Uh, there's so much story to tell with Wanda because of it, just everything that she's gone through. Um, and when 
they announced like, oh, this show's gonna be super weird. You know, my first thought, I always say it was Doom Patrol. Like, please give me that level of weirdness. And I mean, it's they're going for the weird, but I feel like WandaVision is more of a childish cartoon comedy. Whereas with Doom Patrol, like it's just kind of it's PG thirteen, I guess, of type of weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, but either way, like I, I'm still loving it, and I mean, uh, I know Peter's been worried that like it's just like the weird stuff is just gonna be like in the first two episodes or something, and then back to normal. Mm-hmm. But from what it looks in the trailer, it could be a good amount of weird episodes. But that's that's the hope, right? Like with a lot of these things, yeah. A lot of these things, the interest really hinges on if they're really going to deliver on what they're promising, right? So mm-hmm. my fear is, I think some of our fears is that all of the, to me, what attracts me about this is the weird shit. That's what I'm here mm-hmm. for, you know, for them to really move beyond just generic Marvel, right? Give us mm-hmm. something new, interesting. And so if, the fear is if they throw all that out there in the first episode and then by episode two, we're back to a Marvel movie. Like all of the mm-hmm. wonderful, like um, weird tropes that we're seeing uh, only happen in the first episode. That would be very disappointing. Yeah. Very disappointing. Mm. From what I get from the trailers, I got a feeling that uh, the weird stuff, uh, it's going to take place throughout the entire show. Okay. But it's going to come back and forth through the weird, then to the normal. Because mm. you see that one character, uh, she's like a detective or something? or Yeah. Um, I can't remember her character name. That's but... Monica Rambeau, isn't it? Isn't Monica Rambeau in this in this series? Yeah, the grown up Monica Rambeau, the, the little girl from Captain Marvel. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah her. Like, I don't know, because I feel like, because uh, from the trailer she goes like, "Oh, I don't know how I got here and all that," or like, "Yeah, I don't know who, who I am." Yeah. yeah, 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 something like that. And so I feel like it's gonna like her story is gonna lead her into where Wanda is, into the weird stuff. While like when we're seeing the like. Her investigation, we're also seeing Wanda, like, figuring out, uh, breaking it, I guess, from this weird curse or uh, hypnotism, whatever the heck is going on. Yeah. And so, like, that's what I'm just, like, this is what my mind was going through when I was watching the trailer. Because the thing that, made me like, really convinced me that it's going to take place throughout the whole thing is the part where she goes, this is our home. And the vision goes, then we'll fight for it. And so, like, that's why it's kind of like, oh, she, like, f- she figures it out or... First episode, she has no idea what's going on. Second episode, she's trying to figure it out. And then so forth. That They all come together in the end. But, like, it still takes place in the weird parts of the show. Well, I'm hoping you're right. Um, keeping with Marvel, I'm intrigued uh, with What If. The animation looks really good. Yeah, it looks really cool. Uh, I'm, honestly, I'm honestly excited, like, what the heck kind of stories they made. Mm-hmm. I really like them. Um, <laughs> I like the fact that Yondu got T'Challa. Uh, T'Challa. Instead, <laughs> instead of Star-Lord. Of yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. 
and then uh it looks like they might have a story going on uh, like it's not just like one random because you see like dr strange and like he has what is it a time stone or something mm-hmm. or something going on and he meets uh oh, man, what they're what they're what are they called those big-headed alien dudes oh the watchers yeah, the Watchers, and so like it looks, maybe it won't be like an exact story, but like he he meets them, and I love what they say in the end of the trailer. It's like, let me guide you through all these multi storylines or whatever the fuck it goes, and ponder the question. What if? Yeah, <laughs> that's a yeah, that's so cool. I don't know. No, yeah, <laughs> but uh, Je- Jeffrey B., uh, Jeffrey Wright does a great job narrating. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. We didn't see any footage out of I Am Groot, but I love Baby Groot, so give me more. Yes, oh my god. Mm. And Did he say anything more about it? Is it just like... No, I, th- I think short. it's animated. Oh, okay. I think it's animated, it's just, just because that's how the logo made it seem to be. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. And I, I'm also good for anything baby group <laughs> this one's not coming to disney plus but it also was announced not talked about this one's going to fx an alien tv show oh yeah that'd be i mean fx does make some really good shows mm-hmm. uh you know there's there's some that like i don't uh not that interested uh but there's always something for everyone right in fx you know and so who knows how, how? Who knows how this is gonna turn out? Mm-hmm. Uh, Chip and Dale. I like the casting. Yeah, I feel like they gotta kill it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, this one's but interesting. I know nothing. I know nothing about these characters though, so it's whatever for me. Hocus Pocus two. Uh, honestly, I don't know. <laughs> it's the first one's just it's a good ending. So I don't really know what else they can do with it. But Disenchanted, the sequel to Enchanted. I'm kind of excited. Cause again, it's 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 weird. Like with Hocus Pocus, I don't know what they can do, but neither with Enchanted. But I don't know why I'm just excited for Enchanted more. Yeah, because I mean because Enchanted, I, I don't know. It's just it's charming, right? Um True. And Amy Adams will be coming back, and so yeah, maybe, maybe we'll see. Uh, Is the other guy coming back? I don't know. They haven't announced it yet. I'm not sure how far they're into production. If I'm being honest with you. Oh, okay. I just thought it was weird that they didn't announce him. <laughs> yeah, like I remember a sequel has been like in the works forever on this movie. Honestly, mm-hmm. and I think Enchanted came out 11 years ago. Oh wow. 11 years yeah god <laughs> or actually it it either it, it came out 11 years ago or it came out 13 years ago i don't remember anymore i don't, I don't is it 2007 or 2008 or 9 i don't recall what year yeah. it came out so it could be between 11 and 13 years ago that it came out all this time uh interested to see what you make of light year the new Pixar movie they announced with Chris Evans as Buzz Lightyear. Oh my god, I don't know. Cause like 
Okay, wait, one thing. What was up with Kyle not liking Tim Allen anymore? There's something... Oh, he. I don't think it was a personal thing. I think it was just... um, It it was in reference to Tim Allen, I guess, being a conservative in Hollywood. And he he sometimes makes comments that are kind of stupid. But oh, okay. I just no, I wasn't sure if like it. oh is it cancelled for sure or if it's just like a little just a No just... I mean people don't like Tim Allen because they don't like Tim Allen. They just don't like his personality okay. or that, but he hasn't been involved in a scandal that I'm aware of. Okay, okay. No, I'm just making sure. Okay then. because uh, I wanna say if if it if it was live action, I would be okay with Chris Evans playing. But since it's not it's going to be like an Ahsoka situation where it, it's just going to throw me off because it's not Tim Allen, especially because it, the voice is iconic <laughs> to his character. So, but in terms of the story, though, like I'm actually really clear, I'm really curious what they're going to do. I love the cartoon uh, <laughs> uh, when, when it was on. So who knows? <laughs> Yeah, it is strange because this this is like, well, you guys did this already, didn't you? Like a long time ago, but I guess we're going to forget about that and we're going to do it again, but with more budget, <laughs> I guess, and with Chris Evans. But you mentioned it. Speaking of Ahsoka, they announced the Ahsoka TV series, the spinoff of The Mandalorian. Let me wash my mouth out with that real quick. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so I will <laughs> go ahead. So I was kind of like, oh god, really? Like, I feel like we got her ending now. It's fine, but Dave Filoni is writing the show, and if you saw the newest episode of Mandalorian, I think he wrote that one, right? The one with Ahsoka. He wrote. He only wrote that one. I, I think, thought. I, I, I thought. I thought he wrote. He wrote the one that had um had Bill Bird. I thought that was Carrie Fukunaga. Let me look it up real quick. I don't think it was. Yeah, I don't think it was John Favreau, and I also don't think it was Dave Filoni. I think it was someone else. Okay, if I'm wrong, then I'm gonna go back to having a problem here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that may end up being the case. Let me look at it here. Um. It was episode seven, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, Rick Famuyiwa. Rick Famuyiwa. Shit. Did I say Carrie Famuyiwa? I'm sorry. Rick Famuyiwa wrote and directed that episode, not Favreau or Filoni, which I think you can tell. I mean, I liked that episode legitimately. and I really liked and it, And Bill too. Burr was great. Um, but I think it that episode had things in it that the others didn't, and I think... Uh, as Peter was okay. saying, it showed. I know it showed that that Favreau didn't write this because Favreau literally wrote every other episode, besides this one. Mm. The only episode that Favreau didn't write was the Jedi, which was written by Dave Filoni. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got those are the top ones. <laughs> uh, okay then, I guess I have a problem. Though. I mean, the the Ahsoka episode in Mandalorian, like it wasn't that bad. It's just. Uh, it could have been just because he had to set up stuff for her, and that there's really not much he could he could do. I don't know, but you know, Dave Filoni like he knows this character, he knows 
Ahsoka. So this could be something good. Um, he did pretty cool directing that episode. Uh, the fights were fine. But I'm hoping he can improve by the time they start making the show and maybe improve as the show goes on. Yeah, it's just uh, disappointing all around because all of us mm-hmm. were really looking forward to this because what this show is going to end up be is Ahsoka looking for Thrawn and for Ezra alongside Sabine. And all year long, we have been talking about on this show about rumors we were hearing about this being the sequel series to Star Wars Rebels, but an animation. Mm-hmm. And... I was really looking forward to that. Yeah, same. And with this being live action, I kind of almost don't care anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. I still care because it's Ahsoka. I love that character and I'll watch it. And same. hoping all the best for it, but I just can't help but feel that this show would be better in animation. For sure, and I'm I'm, I'm no, yeah. I I feel bad for Ashley. I'm gonna miss her. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought we were gonna see uh, her back with another animated uh, show with Ahsoka in it, but I guess we're not. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, no, I agree with everything you said. It was it was kind of sad that she probably won't be involved. Hopefully, he does something for her, give her a small role. Who knows? But. Yeah, I feel like this should have been animated, especially because how much they like perfected the style of that animation. Oh my god! I want to rewatch uh, those last four episodes of Clone Wars. The scale is just (laughs) massive. Rewind to recently. Yeah, yeah, you should. It's yeah, they're great, great views. (laughs) So yeah, so that's now we get into the stuff that I'm excited about. Let's see how this goes. Well, Soul. Although that's not really anything new. We've known that it's going to be there. Yeah. But the clip that they showed, there was an extended clip of, of a trailer that they did. Did you see that? I didn't. Oh, I've my been... God. I need this movie. This is the movie my body has been aching for all year long. I know when I first saw that trailer, the first trailer for Soul, and what the subject matter would be about, I knew that then and there, man, we need this movie this year. We really need the subject matter of this movie this year. And the more I see out of this movie, the more excited I get for it. So, fingers crossed, the movie is great, and I hope it does really well on Disney+. Plus. I heard one review uh, from someone, and he said he co- he was comparing it to Inside Out. Yeah. And in terms of the writing, mm-hmm. uh, he found Inside Out to be better, mm. at least in terms of like the concept of it. Okay. But he still like got very emotional to the movie. Like he got, um, he really connected with it. Yeah, with like the character and it's. I feel like a lot of people are going to be comparing this to Inside Out. And I mean, that was, if memory serves correct, Pete Doctor's most recent movie, right? Um, Because Pete Mm -hmm. Doctor directing Soul also 
directing Inside Out. He did Up and Monsters Incorporated. Um, I hear that. I, I, I really... It's really curious to see Peter, uh, not Peter, what the fuck? I'm sorry, that came out. <laughs> it's really interesting to hear people's thoughts on Inside Out. And, you know, I loved that movie so much when it was released back mm-hmm. in 2015. But I remember, I think, I think it may have been earlier this year when I did a rewatch of it. And I just wasn't as moved by the movie as I used to be. And so, interestingly enough, I still think the movie is fucking great. I just, I don't think I am no longer moved by it as I used to. We'll see, I guess. But. Wow. I know, man. I know. I mean, my opinion on the movie has not changed. I guess, I guess my feeling of it has softened just that bit. Um, But yeah. Yeah. Um. I really found it quite uh, entertaining, the little clip they released for Doug Days, which is, I think, Bob Peterson, who also wrote the series Forky Asks a Question for Disney+, Plus, uh, which I found to be hilarious. So, and this is Doug and uh, Carl Fredrickson from your favorite movie of all time, Up. Oh, okay. dude, I completely forgot who Doug was. I, like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. What the heck? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So it's a, it's, a, it's a show about him and, like, his adventures or, like, little adventures with, uh, uh, what's his the name? Puppies. Uh, there's going to be puppies involved. It's a short form series. It's not like a long, like, Forky asked a question, I think, was, what, maybe five minutes an episode tops? Maybe 10 minutes, depending on what the story was. So it's going to be something like that, you know? Okay. I don't think it, okay, that's cool. Yeah. I like it. Um, I think it's going to be fun and everything. There also is another one I'm excited about, and that is um, uh, Iwaju. Um I'm gonna, I don't know if you do you know what the, about this one? Yeah, yeah, I know about this one. And just, did you see the concept art? Have they said? Yes, I'm. I'm actually looking at it right yeah. now, and I freaking love it. The girl with like the purple dress who looks really nice and everything. I love their futuristic world. Like that one side is like the buildings are like statues almost and everything. Yeah. It's supposed to be like and a science just... fiction. And this is a collaboration with Disney and, um, I forget who the other collaborator is. Forgive me. Um, but it just looks, I don't know, like a better version of Wakanda. I'm sorry. I don't want to throw any shade, yeah, but yeah. I mean, it... I, that's my, literally my first thought, honestly, like I thought this was, um, Wakanda TV series going on, yeah. but no, there's they're making something original here, and you know, with so like with their live action stuff, more importantly, Mulan, getting the culture right of something, yeah. they fuck up. Oh yeah, with the uh, the live action, but I don't think they've disappointed. 
when it comes to animated. Depending on who you are, they're they're. I mean, for the most part, you are right. Every now and then, there's a movie that it causes a conversation. Like people still talk about Moana. Um, now I don't know if that's the culture itself or others who are speaking on behalf of the, of the culture. So it's, 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 it's complicated, mm-hmm. but I think for the most part, Disney has in later years and lately has been doing a great job with their animation. And we should mention that for a lot of the animation, which we've yet to mention, they're in this list of the things that I'm excited about for a good reason, but it's a very diverse group of characters. Finally. Honestly, mm-hmm. and that includes this Iwaju, and this just looks like such an. This was the most creative original thing, I think that was unveiled in the entire presentation, and I'm all for it. We need more of this stuff. Yes, and I'll go back to the cultural accuracies. I guess I'm sure there's going to be some missteps. Obviously, well, Pocahontas, but like, remember that one? Uh, they they put more of an effort. It <laughs> seems that way. Yes. Stuff then. Yeah. Okay. I just thought I want to say that. No, you're right. Um, next thing that I'm excited about, the Taika Waititi Star Wars movie. Yeah, That's probably I mean, the, the, I, the thing I'm most excited about in Star Wars at the moment. Mm-hmm. They haven't said anything about what it is. It's just he's directing something. Uh, Kathy uh, said that Taika is directing a fresh... And new take on Star Wars. Okay. That's it. I honestly, with Taika, I feel like, honestly, it's almost like they have no choice when it comes with Taika. <laughs> like, he's just, that's just how he is with his work, making something crazy, something new and original. Yeah, Taika is and interesting, so, right? Like, it's an interesting trajectory of like his career. Like, so you go from Thor Ragnarok to Jojo Rabbit to Thor Love and Thunder and now to a Star Wars movie. It's a pretty fucking great ascendancy for him. I'm happy for him. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I'm excited. Um, The Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Give this to me now. I need this now. I was <laughs> yes. the thing that pissed me oh off was that God. this was gonna this is gonna come out in 2022. I need this now. What are you talking about? Oh no. Really? 2022? Yes. Take- because oh. they're gonna they, what was he doing? they're gonna film this while they're also filming Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which they haven't done. They'll oh, do okay. later next year, is when they're gonna start production. Oh, okay, okay, fine. That's fine then. I can wait. <laughs> but oh god, I'm so excited! Like, what the heck is gonna happen with this? Like, my only thought, my my, the only idea I can come up with is that Peter brings up Christmas, and they're like, "What is that?" And oh he's my just god, like, we gotta celebrate! Yeah, and I would love it if it ended with them putting lights around Groot. <laughs> just, oh my god <laughs> he's the christmas tree that would be so cool i really hope they didn't like that <laughs> no man that yeah, this is this is legitimately exciting um mm-hmm. honestly oh my god and you know when we're talking about holiday specials do you think they'll ever drop the star wars holiday special on disney plus oh god i hope not <laughs> i mean it's awful I've seen, it's awful yeah I've seen clips of it and I'm not I'm not kidding you. Like it brings me fear 
watching those clips like it's just <sighs> what the fuck is going on <laughs> yeah it's it's fucking terrible i'm not sure i've ever watched the whole thing straight through i think i've seen like the major clips of what happened and i can only imagine watching that would be a horrendous experience um so we have a couple of animated projects here uh tiana it's about fucking time it is about fucking mm-hmm. time and i'm happy like look i have no problem with um i much prefer that Disney do television shows of their latest um, revival movies than having the need or feeling the need to do feature uh, length sequels. Um, It worked out with frozen too. I feel Um, Ralph breaks the internet was good, but um, you know, that's I'm all in favor of, of animated television series with their premiere characters you know like for example mm. i think record ralph would be a great disney plus tv series i think the incredibles i keep saying this would make a great yes. disney plus tv series where is that where is that i mean do you think people will be jumping mm-hmm. up and down for the incredibles oh yeah i know the only thing like i'm all them curious about with like all of their uh and let me TV let me read real quick tiana and then the other one moana um are being labeled as full length comedy musical series. So, Ooh. well, and there's also other ones too, like Baymax and Zootopia. Yes, plus is yeah, yeah. Baymax and Zootopia plus. Zootopia plus, and all, yeah, all, yeah. all those are series. Mm-hmm. Okay. The only thing I'm curious about is the animation. Like, are they gonna? <laughs> they go... didn't go into detail, did they, about that? Yeah, I'm curious because like I know with Tangled, you know they went 2D, mm-hmm. uh, kind of really cartoonish and all that. So I want to know if they're gonna like, are they gonna make it see? I'm I'm hoping they make it 2D because like whenever I the only thing I can think of is How to Train Your Dragon, they made that into a show with CG animation, and ugh, it's not. I think great. we need 2D <laughs> animation back, and I think the one for mm-hmm. sure will be Tiana. Oh yeah, I think so too, for sure. Uh, I'm just curious with. Z- I'm more so curious with Zootopia because, uh, I mean, I love the animation in that movie, right? And like, it just works so well with that concept in that world. So I don't know. I'm really curious, and I'm hoping maybe they can try to make them all a bit different from the others. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we'll see. Again, I am actually excited. Uh, Zootopia show. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get some cool adventures with both. Absolutely. I'm all in favor of that. Um, I'm excited for Raya, which they announced would be a premier access. We'll get to that topic a little bit later. It looks beautiful. I'm also excited for Luca, the Riviera and Riverside Pixar movie, which basically looks like Call Me By Your Name, but in animated form. We, we joke about that, but that's what it looks like. Um, Encanto. Mm-hmm. Uh I, I love the trailer. Yeah, I can we get that movie now? I can already yes. I can feel how great that's gonna be already, you know. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to like anything Disney animation. I think that's like the that may end up being the crown jewel of all of this, which as it mm-hmm. should be, right? It is Disney animation. Um yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the other stuff 
that I liked was uh, I said on Fantasy Affair that Logan there was a there was a screenshot someone took of the presentation that Logan would be coming to Disney Plus next year. Well, guess what else is also coming to Disney Plus next year? In that screenshot, Agents of Shield. Maybe you should. Wa- I think that's a show you would love. Um, for those out there listening, it's a show that David and I happen to love quite a bit. Um, and who knows? We might even plan a little Shield project for the occasion whenever that actually does drop on Disney Plus. But it's about fucking time, right? Um, mm-hmm. let's see here. And staying on Marvel, I gotta say. It's really interesting. I have a, a range of different opinions on these MCU um, Marvel uh, series, like mostly indifferent. Some I'm intrigued, but there's really only one that I'm actually legitimately excited about because of the genre that it's in, because of who it's featuring. And it's the Secret Invasion TV show with Nick Fury and with Talos, played by Ben Mendelsohn, coming back from Captain Marvel. He was the best part of that movie. I'm glad to see that character again. And I'm glad to see Nick Fury again. In many ways, this might this feels like the spiritual successor to the Shield, uh, the the Shield TV show because of the genre, the similar genres that it's playing with. And so that's why I said, "Hey, Kevin Feige, this is literally the perfect show to bring back." I don't know a Clark Gregg or a Chloe Bennett. Literally, this is the perfect show to bring that back if you're going to do that ever. Either way, um, I don't know. I, th- I think it's finally cool that we're going to see. You know, the Kree and the Scrolls in the MCU in here. I mean, legitimately, that storyline, because it was teased about, I think we talked about in our Captain Marvel audio commentary, but it really wasn't all the way full-fledged into it. So with this secret invasion, it's basically um, that two-parter from Doctor Who, the Zygon invasion, Zygon inversion. Um, <laughs> if you know your Doctor Who, you know what I'm talking about um, into yeah, a TV yeah. show. But like, yeah, I, I think this will be cool. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, same. Oh, man. Uh, I mean, I, I agree with everything you said, especially with uh, Ben Mendelsohn coming back. He really was the best thing about that movie. So I'm curious. And I really hope they dive deep into that whole talk of him, like about war and all that. So who knows? Yeah. Last one, Bad Batch. A show that pretty much is season eight of The Clone Wars. Um, in many ways, I told, uh, I said this to you a couple of weeks back that when I found out that the show was happening, I know that you, um, I think you were the only one that had like some lingering issues with the cold closing of the last episode of the Clone Wars and that there were some mm-hmm. hanging threads that perhaps you might've liked to have seen. Maybe this is what this show is. Cause that, that seems to be it right like this is basically the clones in the immediate aftermath of the clone war series and while it's not necessarily original and yes it's kind of a continuation and i can understand that being annoying in this case i'm interested because i think d bradley baker is great i i love the clones and i think this will finally answer the question where the fuck did these people go after the empire showed up and everywhere and with the bad batch Mm -hmm. the bad batch look the episodes of the bad batch were whatever but I do. But I mm-hmm. did like their personalities, and I did like you know the individual personalities of that team, and so I'm very much curious to see um, them again in this situation, plus the jaw dropping level to which that animation has gotten to. Oh my fucking god! It almost made me 
hate the Ahsoka news so much more because that's how good that show would have looked like. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Your thoughts on this? No, yeah, Bad Batch. I I really did like the characters uh, during the show. Uh, Like I said, the episodes were whatever, but the characters were great. Very curious as as to how they handle like I'm free. I'm from what what it looks like. They're trying to get away from the Empire, maybe, or maybe try to like hunt Jedi. Shut it down from the ins. Maybe they hunt Jedi. Who maybe? Maybe they try to save some on the side too, or they're trying to like. Hopefully, they can try to take down the Empire from the inside. I don't know. Uh, it'll, it'll be a failure a bit, but uh, yeah, I'm really curious as to like what they're going to do next. What's going to happen with them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think that about covers it. Did you have anything else that was announced that you wanted to talk about? There was Miss uh, Marvel. Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that one, I just wanted to succeed because some people like are already shitting on it before it's coming out. And it's mostly because they're saying, uh, why would Disney want to make a show out of a comic book that's not really popular (laughs) it's like that's their only excuse and my thing is it's an adaptation yeah what what you do in adaptation is you take the things that you like and you make your own story (laughs) with it and that's that's generally how it works what kind of a question is that like (laughs) disney might not want to make a movie out of a comic that's not pop are any comics popular have you not seen how horrible they're doing lately is anybody <laughs> buying a comic? Like, is, I mean, honestly, God, the logic. No, I think it's great. Um, yeah, you know, more more diversity and and everything. Um, yeah, and it it looks like it's going to be more interconnected with uh, the movies because uh, Miss Marvel herself is going to Kamala Khan is going to be in uh, Captain Marvel too. They announced. Yeah, that's actually. Um, oh, I'm honestly like. I haven't seen the show, but I'm already excited about yeah, that. <laughs> the potential Dude, is definitely there. And based on the trailers that we saw from Loki, WandaVision, and um, Falcon and Winter Soldier, they got the budget. They definitely mm-hmm. got the budget. They have the fucking budget. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been begging for their Dude. entire existence they wish they had. <laughs> and you know, not to <laughs> add to the chorus of crapping on S.H.I.E.L.D., when they had the chance to do certain special effects, considering what little money they had, I think you and I agree, they did the very best they could. And in some cases, it did mm-hmm. very good, especially with what they were given. But uh, unlike S.H.I.E.L.D., they're not going to be a bunch of episodes where we're confined to hallways um, because they have more money to play with in this case. Um, so if that's what you want, sure. I'm sure they'll be fun. Anything else? I know Disney announced that Disney Plus would be going up by $1. They announced that in Latin American countries, they're going to be introducing a new app called Star, which is their replacement for Hulu in those regions. Um, I guess they're trying to, they're still not sure about whether or not they want to, you know, pull the plug uh, uh, entirely and, and just dump all of the adult content from Fox on Disney+. Plus. I honestly don't think that's necessary. I think just introduce a pin code and just put the content on there, I think that would suffice, honestly, but they seem to be Mm -hmm. very resistant in doing that. Um, But I think to me, and I think we can transition a little bit off the projects that were announced, 
and then do a little bit of a recap of like what we talked about last week, right? Which was mm-hmm. the movies they talked about. They talked about Luca, Jungle Cruise, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals, even Raya, even though that's getting a premiere access on Disney+. Plus. They refer to a lot of these movies, Encanto, as having exclusive theatrical releases, Raya notwithstanding. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, we, we talked about last week how, you know, Warner Brothers was hoping, all beyond hope, that Disney would announce, following their lead, that all of those movies would go on Disney+. Plus. They didn't get what they wanted. No, they didn't get at all mm-hmm. what they wanted. They said, um, you know, Peter Pan and Wendy and Pinocchio were films that originally were going to be theatrical, but then were moved to Disney+. Plus. They're going to be going straight to Disney+. Plus. But that's about it. Mm-hmm. Most of their stuff is still heading to theaters. Which only reinforces what we said last week, right? That the movie business is Disney's business. And yeah. I guess the real question is like, because some of these movies come out really early. And so I'm just going to anticipate that they're going to be end up pushing back. And in some cases, that may not be the case. When we talk about Black Widow last week, um, about all the options where it could move, if it has to move, I think... I'm not even sure there's an option anymore for Black Widow. Either it comes out May 6th in theaters or it comes out May 6th in theaters alongside a premium access for 20 bucks on Disney+. Plus. Because Shang-Chi comes out in July and Eternals comes out, I think... Wait, actually? Well, yeah, Shang-Chi... No, no. There's four Marvel movies that come out that year. So there's Black Widow, Shang-Chi... Eternals and Spider-Man three. So how, how you can't, unless you're going to push all of them back, which I don't know if you can. Um, I think there's a likelihood, there's a likelihood where, or cross fingers. We talked about last week about vaccinations, right? For coronavirus, Pfizer and Moderna. Um, we talked about the timetable, mm-hmm. right? Um, that the yeah. earliest that it looked like would be April some said May, some said June. Dr. Fauci, which is the lead uh, infectious disease expert in the country, said today on MSNBC that most people should get the vaccine, the coronavirus vaccine, by late March, early April. That is very, very, very encouraging news if this is true. And that could be very pivotal in terms of what Disney decides with its movies. Mm-hmm. Because Raya is coming out so, March, right? If Raya is coming out March, because yes. then it's going to have a theatrical run, but that's why it's also, at, at this point, it's being described as premier access as well. Mm-hmm. And so Black Widow is the first one coming out in May, and then the rest coming out mm-hmm. after Yes. Okay, so then, yeah, I mean, it's like I said before, I think they're just going to try to see the other movies coming out before, if their numbers are getting, if the numbers are getting higher, uh, then they might stick with the theatrical. The COVID spike, basically. Yeah, it's like whatever happens during that time, they can change their mind at any moment, really, mm-hmm. and just uh, either stay theatrical or do both. Which, uh, I mean, again, we can only just wait and see what the heck is going to happen. Uh, but yeah. It is an interesting contrast. 
considering all of the stuff yeah. we talked about last week in terms of how these two studios are operating. And Disney definitely came across as the number one supporter for the theatrical business um, in that presentation, if they do decide and stay mm-hmm. that route. Um, but I think it also signals to WB they done fucked up. Mm-hmm. They really did. Yeah. Actually, I just uh, I was listening to a podcast and someone mentioned uh, like Warner Brothers situation. I made a good point that you know when the Warner Brothers announced uh, that their theatrical runs, but also HBO Max thing, uh, that it was going to be the death of cinema or theaters, right? And in the podcast, this person said that if theaters were going to die. It wasn't going to be because of Warner Brothers, but because of COVID. And so I just, I just, um, I just didn't really think of it like that very much, you know? And so, uh, Disney, like, standing their ground, I guess, with the, uh, making just theater releases. And mm-hmm. I, I don't really see it as them, like, uh, you know, wanting to save <laughs> cinema in a way, but really just trying to, like, hope for the best no i agree with you 100 percent. i don't think i mean i think that's a bonus but i don't th- i don't think that's the dis- i don't th- think that's what made the decision i think at this point they're just it seems they're far more optimistic about how things would look mm-hmm. like in 2021 than warner brothers seems to be but also let's be real they're not anywhere near as desperate as warner media is for hbo max because D- disney plus has 85 million subscribers or eighty six, mm-hmm. excuse me, eighty six million subscribers. So they don't, they don't, they're not in the position yet to light billions of dollars on fire to promote their streaming service. You know why? Because they just unveiled all of these wonderful, all of these like, like top brand shows that are going to be on there that HBO Max has nothing to compete with. What does mm-hmm. HBO Max have that can c- compete with any of this? I mean, the Snyder Cut. That's it. Barely, honestly. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's why they don't need to do this. So it was unnecessary mm-hmm. for them to announce that. And also, that's why I said it also is likely that some of these, like Black Widow, may end up, you know, they may end up backtracking and say, because things are still not improved yet, we have no choice. Let's, if theaters are open, it'll still be in theaters if you want, but... What will be different from us is if you want to see our movie on our streaming service, you got to pay because we're in the position to ask you to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And with Black Widow, I think the results would be far more successful than a war with Mulan in that situation, it seems like. Um, oh, for sure. So that's that's the differences. But at the same time, Disney saying that all these movies would stay in theaters has been the best fucking news all year, I think, for theater owners. Um, so, I mean... <laughs> You really can't mince words with that <laughs> in that situation. Um, and also, yeah. to be clear about um, what that person said, COVID kill No, COVID, sure, but it didn't have to. It didn't have to because the government yeah, let it, didn't it have to. be that way. Because who was For in sure. charge? For sure. Donald Trump, the president mm-hmm. of the United States. And how many have died? And how many have gotten infected? How many lives have been destroyed? How many industries have been destroyed because of his carelessness and recklessness and complete inability to fix this problem? 
right? Yeah. <laughs> so let's be real about that. And also refusing to help people financially while they're going through this situation. So uh, I, mm-hmm. if I may, David, I want to read this because we didn't have this last time we were recording. But when we mentioned Denny Villeneuve, amazing filmmaker, but he had an, um, mm-hmm. he had an op-ed and variety kind of his response to the news have you read this uh not the whole okay. thing okay i'm gonna go ahead and read it if you don't mind that way for people to yeah, go ahead. be aware of this it's not terribly long at all so this is denny villeneuve the director of movies like blade runner 2049 arrival sicario prisoners in the upcoming dune uh in his own words I learned in the news that Warner Brothers has decided to release Dune on HBO Max at the same time as our theatrical release, using prominent images from our movie to promote their streaming service. With this decision, AT&T has hijacked one of the most respectable and important studios in film history. There is absolutely no love for cinema, nor the audience here. It is all about the survival of a telecom mammoth, one that is currently bearing an astronomical debt of more than $150 billion. Therefore, even though Dune is about cinema and audiences, AT&T's is about its own survival on Wall Street. With HBO Max's launch of failure thus far, AT&T decided to sacrifice Warner Brothers' entire 2021 slate in a desperate attempt to grab the audience's attention. Warner Brothers' sudden reversal from being a legacy home for filmmakers to the new era of complete disregard draws a clear line for me. Filmmaking is a collaboration reliant on the mutual trust of Teamwork and Warner Brothers has declared they are no longer on the same team. Streaming services are a positive and powerful addition to the movie and TV ecosystems, But I want the audience to understand that streaming alone cannot sustain the film industry as we knew it before COVID. Streaming can produce great content, but not movies of Dune's scope and scale. Warner Brothers' decision means Dune won't have the chance to perform financially in order to be viable, and piracy will ultimately triumph. Warner Brothers might just have killed the Dune franchise. This one's for the fans. AT&T's John Stanky said that the streaming horse left the barn. In truth, the horse left the barn for the slaughterhouse. Public safety comes first. Nobody argues with that. Unless you're Nolan, it seems like. You should say that. That's me interjecting myself in there. Which is why when it became apparent that winter would bring a second wave of the pandemic, I understood and supported the decision to delay Dune's opening by almost a year. The plan was that Dune would open in theaters in October 2021, when vaccinations will be advanced and, hopefully, the virus behind us. Science tells us that everything should be back to a new normal next fall. Dune is by far the best movie I've ever made. My team and I devoted more than three years of our lives to make it a unique big screen experience. Our movie's image and sound were meticulously designed to be seen in theaters. I'm speaking on my own behalf, though I stand in solidarity with the 16 other filmmakers who now face the same fate. Please know I am with you and that together we are strong. The artists are the ones who create movies and series. 
I strongly believe the future of cinema will be on the big screen, no matter what any Wall Street dilettante says. Since the dawn of time, humans have deeply needed communal storytelling experiences. Cinema on the big screen is more than a business. It is an art form that brings people together, celebrating humanity, enhancing our empathy for one another. It's one of the very last artistic, in-person, collective experiences we share as human beings. Once the pandemic is over, theaters will be filled again with film lovers. That is my strong belief. Not because the movie industry needs it, but because we humans need cinema as a collective experience. So just as I have both a fiduciary and creative responsibility to fulfill as the filmmaker, I call on AT&T to act swiftly with the same responsibility, respect, and regard to protect this vital cultural medium. Economic impact to stakeholders is only one aspect of corporate social responsibility. Finding ways to enhance culture is another. The movie-going experience is like no other. In those darkened theater film, excuse me, in those darkened theaters, films capture our history, educate us, fuel our imagination, and lift and inspire our collective spirit. It is our legacy. Long live theatrical cinema. That is Denis Villeneuve uh, on Variety. Your thoughts on all of this, David? Uh, I agree with everything you said. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, again, it really does suck that all of these people's movies aren't going to get like the money that it deserves and more the attention, the buzz, its like moment a... in the sun as it would in a theater. Yes. Yeah, it's like, yes, exactly. But. I mean, for me, at least, I'm just still stuck with the fact, like, dude, they gotta make, they gotta make some money, so they just gotta release it, and it's just, and it sucks, though, because, again, I agree with him, like, they worked so hard on this movie, especially with Dune, oh my gosh, like, if you watch that trailer, there's so much stuff going on, but, I mean, it's just, it really is just a, a shit time, <laughs> it's just, major bad luck for these artists and i mean it's I mean, it's, it's, it's gonna be mean for me saying this but like i guess i just it's not that big of a deal for me again this they're trying to make one of us is just trying to keep their business business up as best they can and it, it, you just kind of have to like roll with the punches with this and i with uh this director villeneuve Peter said it like a bunch of times like this is like the movie that could probably break or make or break his career like if it doesn't do successful who knows if Warner Brothers are going to give him a big franchise like this again oh but how can it be put how, how can it be successful now with this situation of it being mm -hmm. on streaming and in theaters at the same time how can that happen yeah how can Dune 2 happen if the movie makes no money which it kind of assuredly won't at this point mm -hmm. I would be upset at that point and then also the issue of why you know he's speaking about this now is because nobody was fucking told right which was the story of what what happened last week yes and that's why there are all these threats with boycotts and litigation was because they acted unilaterally and did not 
have any kind of communication with anybody else. And I, I think I heard on a podcast earlier this week um, that I was a source close to people and saying that this thing only ends one way or the other. The reason why people are upset and why Hollywood's upset is because of the money and because the fact that the people who made Wonder Woman 1984, they were paid. Gal Gadot, Patty Jenkins, they were paid their back-end deals for it to go on streaming. Everybody else was not. If WB does not pay them, there's going to be a war coming. The only way they, they solve this problem, the bad press and all of this, is to pay the talent of those 17 movies what they're owed. If they don't do that, mm. all hell will break loose. That's the problem right now. Yeah. The decision, you can agree mm -hmm. with it or not. I mean, I, I think I've been more than fair on like, you know what? I don't necessarily like this, but it makes a lot of sense. I think I was very, very fair to it. It's not what I prefer, but it's what happened and it's interesting experiment and it's not as if disney is doing anything that different with premiere access and with a corresponding mm -hmm. theatrical run but what's put a lot of you know bad taste in a lot of people's mouths is the way that warner brothers handled this and the fact that they so fucked this up that they may have irreversibly severed ties with so much of their of their talent whom i now now take their future projects to Universal or to Paramount. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just we're going to see a mess happening this next few months I guess or a few weeks depending on how Wonder Woman goes. Right. Really. Yeah. And Legendary still but. you know they've not they haven't formally sued, but I think they will if that much money is on the table mm -hmm. for the movies that they financed. So, yeah, all that. <sighs> Anything else to say about any of this um, or any other news that happened during the week that you want to talk about, David? Um, no, I don't think so. It's mostly just Disney. Yeah. <laughs> As it usually happens to be the case. Um, <laughs> yeah. Are you, uh, by any chance, planning on joining us for The Crown on in January? The Crown segment series? Um, maybe. If you're interested. I don't, don't want to make you. I think Alexis yeah, yeah. really wanted to do it. It's like, I really want to do it too. Um, and I really <laughs> love the show, so that'll be fun and everything. Uh, but, you know, with a lot of the yeah. stuff, I have to say, a lot of the stuff we're going to find out real fast now. I think we've we've spent such a long time this year with next to no content. But I think rather quickly, we're going to find ourselves knee deep in it. And in, just in a couple of days now, we're going to get Wonder Woman 1984 on HBO Max. We're going to get Soul on Disney+, Plus, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. But then also in January, I mean, I guess we're going to end The Mandalorian this week, right? The Mandalorian finishes its run. But then next mm -hmm. month in January, WandaVision comes out already. So it's going to be interesting with like with, <laughs> with the Marvel stuff is they have four movies. They have Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals, and Spider-Man 3. Then on Disney+, Plus, they also confirmed dates for Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki, WandaVision, and Hawkeye, all one after the other. Um, that isn't to say, of course, as some have 
inaccurately stated that there was no Marvel content in 2020. Hello. Um, there was, uh, you know, the finale of agents of shield to happen this year. You want to forget <laughs> that? Um, assumingly everybody has and forever will. Um, but yeah, I think we're going to be, we're, we're going to be in the thick of it. I mean, March is almost here. I don't know. I just, honestly, this is sucky because I want to be so excited for Christmas. But if anything, I'm excited for March and April. I'm ready to get the fuck out of my house. I want to go back and do mm-hmm. things, you know? And it's like, mm-hmm. if I mentioned earlier in the podcast that there were some plans that we were, you know, going to have... And it seems like some of those plans may not end up working out the way that I had hoped. And it's really bumming me out. It really is. But mm-hmm. there's hope. There's hope on the way. There's hope on the yeah. horizon for the first time in a long time. Maybe the first time all year. So I don't know if this is your last appearance on the year. I don't think so. I think we might need you for one more this year, David, but I want to thank you so much for, um, you being a part of all, uh, of the shows that you have been and for, you know, just being a constant supporter of our podcast. In many ways, you are kind of the original fan of this. Um, and you've kind of guided like what works about our conversations. And I am so thankful that I've, uh, I've had you to bounce off for so much of this. You think this is this year you've been on more shows than I think I can ever recall. You have been immeasurably indispensable when it comes to the avatar knowledge, um, especially, you know, geeking about agents of shield, I cannot tell you how much I treasured those memories of, you know, weekly talking about the show. Um, and especially to me, my favorite, uh, the audio commentary for Spider-Man of the Spider-Verse, even some of the ones for the like lesser movies, Mm -hmm. like Captain Marvel and far from home. Like they were fun to do those, um, and you have been a really big part of this year. I would even dare to say that you have been on more shows this year than Kyle Lehrer. If I'm on, on the Red Spotlight mm-hmm. podcast, if I'm being honest, uh, I don't know how accurate that is, mm-hmm. but it seems that way. Uh, and so I'm so thankful for you. And I'm sure uh, the audience uh, would agree on that level because because of you, we've been able to have more episodes out, period. So... There's that. Um, and, you know, for as, however bad the year has been, overall, I really am loving the quality of our podcasts lately. I really am. I mean, from a content perspective and a conversation perspective, I, I, I'm I, not sure we've ever, we've ever been on a better streak than we are right now. So. No, yeah. <laughs> no, I have, like, I really liked all of our conversations that we had before and everything. And I don't know, hopefully next year <laughs> we can put out just as much. Uh, who knows? But yeah, thank you. You're very welcome. <laughs> You're very words. welcome. And I'm <laughs> so grateful to have you not only as a colleague, but as a friend here. I really I think we've gotten to know each other so much better through these podcasts these last two years. Uh, and I'm very grateful to know you, very grateful for you to be here, as I'm sure the audience is to have you here as well. I really do appreciate all the help. And with that being said, uh, have a Merry Christmas, have a Happy New Year. This is not the last show of the year. I do plan on having some more shows 
as I've been saying practically all month, uh, the unpredictable nature of this calendar of this month's schedule is vexing, but there should be some more stuff coming your way. But if you like this podcast, check us out more if you want to hear all of this amazing stuff that we just teased. Uh, practically, we still have Muppet Month to finish on the Fantasy Fair podcast out every Friday. Uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, as well as Red Spotlight, which is out usually on Thursdays and Sundays. Apple, Spotify, CastBox, YouTube, where apparently we just hit 1,000 subscribers after five years of it being dormant. So there's that. <laughs> uh, Kyle and I did a show talking about that. Um, it'll be coming out. or By this time, it should already be out. Um, it was mm-hmm. interesting, a conversation. But yeah, that happened this year. And it was at the most random time you could possibly ever imagine. Uh, thank you, Sergio, <laughs> if you're listening, for being the 1,000 subscriber uh, to Red Spotlight Entertainment. <laughs> so um, I, we owe you lunch. We we gave David lunch, or did we give him lunch? I don't know. You were you were teased as like the <laughs> contest winner of something, and you were on a show. So like, yeah, Sergio, if you ever want to come on the show on the podcast, you're more than welcome to. By all means, um, we the more the merrier. Absolutely. Um, Anyway, keep it here under our spotlight. Until next time, bye. Bye.